This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 4th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Is public financing of presidential campaigns relevant to participatory politics? Do we forego a diversity of candidate opinions in pursuing arbitrary contribution limits? John Samples is director of the Center for Representative Government at the Cato Institute. He says that public financing wastes money, typically serving candidates that have already demonstrated that they're not exactly in it to win it. Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton told Tim Russert on Meet the Press recently, the real answer here is public financing, and I'm going to work very hard in my time in the Senate and then in the White House to try to get a public financing system that we can support under the Constitution because, as you know, we've got some constitutional issues we have to address because that is the answer to all of these issues that have arisen. What is she referring to when she says constitutional issues with public financing? Well, public financing has had persistent constitutional issues. But in fact, I think most of the constitutional issues uh, that uh, the court has dealt with over the years have dealt with uh, non other kinds of restrictions on political speech through campaign finance regulation. Uh, the Supreme Court, for better or for worse, and probably for worse, has decided that uh, the basic mechanisms of campaign finance regulation where taxpayers finance the campaigns are constitutional. You can, for example, it's illegal and unconstitutional to force people to spend, to put spending limits on them, to force them to spend only so much money. But if you give them public financing, you can uh, cause them to or make them abide by a spending limit in exchange for the public financing. Uh, so my guess is what Hillary Clinton is actually saying here is something unusual, which is that she's really not in favor of public financing, but she has to appear to be so. Uh, and that's why she raises the constitutional issue, because she wants to say, well, I don't think it's constitutional uh, down the line, uh, because she really, in the end, doesn't want to support something like that. And she probably also knows that the chance of passing uh, public financing, because it's so unpopular, uh, it's very unlikely. Prior to 2004, you noted that only four candidates had not accepted public financing, and only one of whom was ultimately successful in his search for the presidency. It was George W. Bush in 2000. Mm-hmm. Right now, there there is a public financing system that is taxpayers finance the campaigns. I think the idea of a public system is a little... Uh, a, obscuring of what's going on here. It's taxpayers are ultimately financing the system. Uh, and up until then, and they basically the money is available if you're running in party primaries or uh, if you're running as a major party candidate or some third party candidates. Uh, up until recently, those four refused the money for either party primaries or in Ross Perot's case for his own uh, run for the presidency in 92. Uh, but since then, and uh, and in two thousand for the two thousand and eight race, uh, there's been more and more of a breakdown of the system. And in two thousand and eight, all the major candidates, and I use that term major uh, directly, it, all of them are going to turn down. Uh, I think public financing for both the primaries and the general election. John Edwards has accepted public financing. And it seems as if that this is not completely unlike a canary in a coal mine. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the issue now is that the major candidates are raising and find it if they have a constituency, if they have a message, if they're an attractive candidate, they are able to raise enough money that uh, it makes no sense to take public financing. And public financing comes with money, but it also comes with restrictions, how much you can spend in a state during the primaries, how much you can spend overall. Uh, and in the general election, it's simply not enough money to compete with a candidate who's not in the system. So the only people really now and in the future that are going to be in the public f- financing system are the people who don't raise enough money to compete with candidates that are much more successful at fundraising. So we see that with John Edwards, who has never really And we ought to notice this, that he's really never gotten off the ground with Democratic voters. He's never been a serious contender in the polls compared to Obama or compared to uh, Rodham Clinton. He's, um, you know, it's just not a campaign that's going anywhere. So he's not raising much in the way of uh, enough money to run. So he's going into the public system, but essentially uh, there's very unlikely that he's going to be able to make any headway. Uh, And then the other person is John McCain, who is likely to take public money. Uh, And again, this is really a campaign that has fallen apart, that is virtually uh, out of it at this point by most people's uh, impressions. And that was a campaign that uh, could raise money. He did raise fair amounts of money, but there was also people noticed that he wasn't attracting all that uh, enough support from Republicans. And, uh, the, and the other thing there that happened was the campaign spent a lot of money. Uh, so he raised m- tens of millions of dollars, but they spent all of it, and he really didn't do very well either. He went down in the polls. So now and in the future, since the uh, public system is really not enough to compete with a really popular good candidate's with good fundraising skills and a good message, you're only going to have people in it that are people who are going to lose. And so we're going to see this is the public system is becoming a boondoggle. I mean, it's a public program that will continue to spend money unless it's uh, gotten rid of. And the purpose will be to, well, it's not clear there will be a purpose. There'll be candidates there that really aren't very good candidates getting public money. The public financing system obviously has... Uh, serious problems, but what is the upside to a system in which candidates do not accept public financing or are not required to accept public financing? Well, one thing we see that's new this year and uh, for the 2008 campaign is that money has taken on a good cast. That is, money is indicative of the strength of candidates, and the media is reporting on it as being at least a neutral thing or even better than that. And that that's a good change. Uh, and part of it is because of technology and internet and so on. We still have the problem, though, that while intensity is measured in some ways by the system, we still have contribution limits, and uh, generally speaking, those are considered to be sacrosanct. But the same argument goes uh, for those too. I think contributions are now being seen more and more as ways where contributors who have knowledge of politics uh, select candidates and give candidates the, the ability to fight an election, though not necessarily to win it, uh, and this, but if we had these contribution limits lower, uh, raised or eliminated, I think you would see we could also have uh, 
people with knowledge, contributors with money, who had uh, you know uh, very intense views, could support candidates uh, that would get out there and get their message and try to win the nominations or try to win the general election. The money doesn't buy the election. We know that. Uh, but it does bring information to the voters. And it also, in particular times when people feel intensely it's important, uh, the best example remains Eugene McCarthy in 1968, uh, where a very small number of uh, contributors uh, promoted his presidential ambitions. And in uh, New Hampshire, he essentially unseated a president in the middle of an unpopular or a war that was becoming unpopular. That's what money can do in selecting and bringing forth information for voters. We're beginning to recognize that in 2008 within the old system. And maybe that'll push us uh, as we go along toward a new system in which we recognize that is true also with uh, freer contribution limits or maybe no contribution limits. John Samples is director of the Center for Representative Government at the Cato Institute. He's also author of the book, The Fallacy of Campaign Finance Reform. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please consider making a donation to the work of the Cato Institute at our website, cato.org.